Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast PR Not BS and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine in business and in life, James Phipps. Hi Fiona. Tell our listeners who you are because I know who you are but they don't. I'm uh, born and bred in Swindon, Wiltshire. I'm uh, fairly well known in the area for being uh, entrepreneur and philanthropist, all things business and all things charitable. So in your world then James, what does PR mean? In my world, actually, whether that's from charity or for business, it's an absolute crucial part of the jigsaw of having a successful, growing organisation. I don't think you can do it without an element of PR in there. Okay, give me some practical examples of what you mean by that. So if you were running one of the businesses you've been involved with today, what would you expect them to do that you would class as PR? Well, it always used to be funny because when I was in the thick, uh, thick of business before I retired, my Christian upbringing is not to shout about what you do, you just do it. And therefore, it was always an alien thing to me in that in that PR sense of, of telling that story. And I remember one of the marketing managers sat with me and said, if we don't tell anyone anything about what we do, how do you expect them to know about it? And that was the moment, I think, where I realized, okay, actually, this is our window to tell everyone else what we're about, our values, our ethics, what we stand for in the community. And that's what we carried on going to do. And that's the same conversation I have with any business that I now invest in. You need to be able to tell people who don't know you what you're about. And you can do that with some advertising and you can, I don't know, put an advert in a newspaper or or maybe even a radio advert, etc. But actually PR is telling that story, which for me really does get across what you're about. Even if you're not overtly saying it, people read that and go, I've got sent to, you know, I've got that bond with that organization because they have got similar values. And that's the reason why for me, PR has to be used because it's the only way that I ever found in 20 years of being in business or, or with charitable organizations to really, truly get that message across. When I deal with people in business, particularly women, as it happens, they often worry about, oh, it's boasting, it's showing off. So how do you get that balance, James, do you reckon, between telling people what you're doing and not boasting? I always think, Fiona, it is about showing that it's your values that are coming through. So actually, I think businesses and organisations get caught out when they try and show something in their PR that is not what they are. That's when they come a cropper. So, for example, when when I had Excalibur, the sort of the informal agreement was you can put 5% out there of what we do, <laughs> you know, uh, but you're not putting it all out there because actually people would get sick to death of it. And, and also it'd feel like it was forced, even though ironically we were doing so much in the community. But actually, I think if it's a true sense of it's not you talking about your organization, it's probably actually others talking about your organization, then it doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem pushed. It just genuinely is a window into what you do. And I think if it's done well and it's, it's handled right, by the professionals who who understand that, then actually the outside world sees that and uh, it doesn't seem like it's boasting. It doesn't seem like it's forced. Okay, if we look at Excalibur, tell us a little bit about your history with that brand and then move on to tell us how, you know, what you gained from PR when you were involved with Excalibur. So I took over uh, Excalibur as a management buyout and um, the company had lots and lots of challenges at that time. Um, it wasn't profitable um, and it, it was struggling sort of to strategically grow, really. And I think it was ironic that when I've, I decided to 
to change what we did and how we did it. And one of those challenges then is, you know, we knew what we did, but no one else knew what we did. <laughs> so therefore, you can't grow unless people don't know what you did. And I had no money to be able to sit there and uh, spend a huge amount on advertising. You know, I started looking at the the options uh, around, um, you know, I don't know, newspapers or TV and all these things, and just they were completely out of our our budget and reach. And yet, if I if I spoke to people maybe 18 months, two years down the line around the Swindon and Wiltshire region, all they would say to me is, Excalibur's just everywhere. I can't go anywhere without hearing about Excalibur. And I think they thought we threw so much money at it. But actually, we never did. We had such a nominal budget. What we did do was we were very tactical about how we, you know, use those stories and how they represented who we were. And actually, a lot of that spread because it connected with people. And, uh, you know, and like I said, you know, people really did think we went at that with a six figure budget. And the reality was it was it was thousands of a budget. Um, and it always remained that way, even though we went into very high growth. Uh, it always remained that way. And that, for me, was the real realization of the art of PR. If it's done well, the effect it has. I agree. I often say to um, my clients and people I train, especially with the media element, you don't want to be contacting them every single day or every single week. Why would they write about the same thing all of the time? It's actually about selecting the right things. So with Excalibur, were there any highlights, James, stories or achievements where you thought, yeah, that was on the money, that was I nailed that or we nailed that? We had just so many things over the over the years. And I, and I actually think as well, a massive part for us was about being the employer of choice. So it wasn't just about attracting customers. I mean, of course it was, you know, you need customers to be able to grow. But actually, for me, fundamentally, it was I needed good people to come and work with me. And therefore, it was as much about those people looking at that story and thinking, well, my team didn't do that. So, for example, I took um, several of the team to um, Las Vegas after having a big work work do at um, Bowood and we had a a, a, a sort of um, a Vegas theme for the night and then seven of those people came. Actually, one of those was sales related. Six of those people that had won this, this place to go away were picked by the team for representing the values of our organisation. And actually, when we, when we put that story out, it was about saying, yes, it was an amazing trip for those people, but actually it was saying they were being rewarded for representing the values of what we lived and breathed. And I think then people looked at that and went, our competitors in the industry or, or, or even some around the region typically would do that as a sales thing. You know, the most successful salespeople and they're stood at the top of Everest and, you know, look, hey, we're going to go and take them and, and, and reward that. So it said a lot about our organisation. And although it wasn't forced, it wasn't something that we put through, I think it attracted people to the culture. And that, you know, we became a Times Top 100 employer. And I think that was a huge part of that journey for us. And um, yeah, trying to get that out to people to say, we're a really good place to come and work. It's very hard. You know, you need someone to tell that story and not in a forced way, but just to say truly what we're about. And I think that probably helped a lot. Tell me, what is the difference in your mind between PR and sales? Because I find even now, years on after starting my business, that some business owners think PR is sales. So do that story. I'm going to generate that number of sales. So what's your take on that, James? I think, Fiona, 
it's a part of a jigsaw. And there's not one single solitary thing that you can do that, hey, just waves a magic wand and suddenly you're in high growth and high profitable and everyone clambers over themselves to come towards you. It is a jigsaw. You have to do a bit of everything. But for me, PI is that part of the jigsaw that you have to do. And you're right. I think a lot of business owners like myself are naive and think, I write that check for someone to come and help me do PR. And then the week afterwards, I expect the phone lines to be off the hook or the internet orders to be ringing through the, you know, it's not the way PR works. PR is about setting the scene for people in a house as part of their buying process. So what they'll do is they'll Google you and they'll find your website. And of course, your website gives your brand and gives your image about you want to say, but everyone knows that because you've written it. What you can't control is all the things you haven't written. So I don't know if it's a business in travel, TripAdvisor. I'll always go on to TripAdvisor and have a look. Why? Because it's it's something else that someone else has written. Actually, if you've got um, things that are being said about you by other people in that element of, of PR stories, so it might be what a great experience I had or, do you know what? Something went wrong, but they went the extra mile to come and help me. Actually, that is more powerful than whatever you've got on your website. And that's... That for me is the art of PR and it's part of that, it's that ingredient in that mixture, in that recipe that is the key ingredient you can't live without. And James, if you were advising a business owner today about whether to include PR, media relations in their strategy, if you like, what are the red flags for you? Are there anything where you think, no, don't touch that with a barge pole, that's the wrong thing? I think the key to PR and PR has changed over the years. You know, um, I, I think the sort of the days of people go, I'll pay you X amount to just have a number of stories written and released per month. I don't think that's necessarily the right approach. And every, every organization, whether it's charitable or business is slightly different and you need someone to understand your organization and also to be part of your organization. They need to understand what's going on because they can't tell the stories if you don't tell them what's going on. And sometimes I think you can get into this scenario where if someone's forced to do a certain activity, the whole thing becomes very forced and it will be obvious that it's forced. So, for example, people go, I love doing that. You know, I hold a check, big check in front of something and look at it. Great. We've raised £180. I've got this check in front of it. Of course, there's a time and a place for that. And had I done that on the occasion, of course we did. But actually, if that's all that you ever put out there, people know well, you're, you're just simply going for a process and they see through it. There's an element, you know, of course, they go, that's a bit charitable. But actually, is that is that any different to what the other person's doing? Probably not. So I think a very skilled PR advisor agency whoever you sit there and try and use are the ones that try and learn about why you're unique what are you actually doing what you're about and then find a way of getting that across in an interesting way that therefore journalists or the media find engaging in an interest way so it's it's trying to find another angle and it might be on a national story that you think's got nothing to do with you in any way shape or form but actually the reality is if that that angle is a way of getting over what you're about, then suddenly it does become relevant to other people. I did um, BBC, whether that be uh, national radio, local radio, um, national TV, um, ITV, all sorts, national press, 
for some random stories of random things you'd think, what's that got to do with iTunes communications like Excalibur? But actually, every one of those stories showed our values, our ethics, and what we were about, and what I was about as the owner and the leader of that business. And therefore, again, when someone's coming to look at you, coming to look at your organization, for them, it's part of the jigsaw puzzle of trying to put together about, I know you say this on the tin, but are you actually the same inside the tin? And it just helps that 1% in business or in any organization, I think is the difference between success and failure. It's just that 1% difference that just helps tip them over to go, actually, I think that is who we want to deal with. And therefore you find out maybe even sometimes years down the line, that was the difference. Okay, I'm going to try a bit of fun with you, James. Pretend we don't know each other and we've just met and I'm trying to sell my services to you. And I want to see how you react. And the reason I'm doing this is because these are all things I have heard other PR people say over the years. Okay, I'm going to create a buzz around you, James. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could get a Zumba party or something going on, Fiona, in some way. Um, anyone can create a buzz. It's about... Um, like I said before, I think if it's something that's forced, people will know it's forced and it comes across as being forced. Um, and there's some companies out there at the moment that I can think of um, that have been in national headlines that's forced very clearly and actually it backfires quite quickly and quite massively if people see through that. Nice one. Okay, I've got another one for you. We're going to create a campaign with you, James, which will appear in several national newspapers. Well, the reality is um, journalists set the scene for what they want, <laughs> someone in PR. So someone in PR is reacting to what is going on at a national level. But, you know, they, they have to have the opportunity. So that opportunity might be in a month's time, it might be in a week's time, but it's not something that you dictate. So unless you're paying for advertising... Ultimately, it could be a week, could be a month, could be six months, but actually a good PR person is finding the right opportunity to promote your organization. Um, and if you do force it, like I said, you can end up it largely backfiring because it's not right. Okay. This is one I hear a lot. I can get your story in front of 400 journalists. Well, they've got a lot of friends. They've got 400 journalists, haven't they? I, I You know, again, I, I always think people that over-promise – tend to always under-deliver in life. I, I always tried to deal with people who represented my values and my ethics. And, and honesty is one of those and transparency is another. So, you know, if you ask them, how, how are you guaranteeing those 400 and how are you guaranteeing these things? Um, the reality is there is no guarantee in the world of PR and therefore it quickly becomes obvious that they're not honest, they're not transparent. What it means is they're sending out your one story across a database to 400 journalists, 395 of which will never be interested. That's my view. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's, there are some fantastic journalists and there are some very lazy journalists, like all things in life. And there are some fantastic PR people and there's some very lazy PR people, as in all things in life. And you're trying to work out who, who is in which category. And, and if they sit there and say the 400, then you know, which category they're probably in. Where would you say that local media sits within your perception of PR? Is it important, semi-important, not important? I think it's part of the mix of what you as an organisation are trying to achieve. Um, so, for example, in Excalibur, we looked at it, and ironically, because of acquisitions, we had a really good market share in Bristol. 
actually the place we did a huge amount of charitable giving, we actually had a really small amount, uh, which was Swindon. And uh, therefore, we decided to do more PR around it locally because why am I paying someone, I don't know, fuel to go and drive to Bristol when they could, you know, we had all these businesses on our on our doorstep. So for us, strategically, actually, it made a lot more business sense for us to be more well known in the local area. And uh, but I think for every organization, again, I come back to it. Most organizations, one of their biggest challenges is getting people even more so at the moment. And that's only going to get worse in the next few years. So how do people know that you're the employer of choice when they're likely to come within a relatively small radius to work for you, especially in the Southwest? So unless you're known, then you know they're going to pick up a job advert. Well, there could be one of 10 job adverts, 50 job adverts that are going for that role at the moment. So I think it's important, you know, yes, you, you've probably got relevant customers in that local area. But for me, it's as much about attracting the talent and being that employer of choice, because that is one of the biggest restrictions for any organisations in being able to grow. Tell me then, as a result of that, how important are people in business? People always buy from people, you know, and I think the whole point of COVID in lockdown, personally, I can't stand Zoom. I know some people love the whole online piece, but... I'm still about people, always have been and always will be. And I think fundamentally it's the differentiator between most businesses. And you'll see these fallout for some organisations where someone has done something at the top that they shouldn't have done. And you still realise the impact that that has. You know, those one, that one person could dictate the success of that organisation. And if you look at a, you know, a media organisation in America, which has just had to shut very, very quickly, you know, um, that's what can happen when one person has a negative impact. And the same is true for someone having a positive impact. If that person has that great impact and that's amplified through the, through the media, then it has a massive impact. Anything else before we close, James, that you want to say about PR? Any last pithy piece of advice? No, I think, you know, I'll give you this example at the moment. There's a very, very well-known brewing company which has got lots of claims around being net zero and, and we're, we're the best beer company for the planet. And you can probably read between the lines who that is. Spent a lot of money on that, spent a lot of PR around that. And then, of course, at the same time, you get one true story that comes out where all the ex-staff have clubbed together to say it's probably one of the worst organisations to work for on the planet. And that's the reality of PR. So it's something that, you'll get found out if you're not being true to yourself and you can try and create that age-old image and Facebook's and the Googles this world can sit there and try and do that but ultimately you'll always be found out so you need to be true to yourself and you need to find somewhere in your PR which stays true to yourself and keeps you honest you can want to try and be something else in the media but actually a good PR person will understand what you are and play to your strengths and give you advice on how to deal with the things that you're not so strong on as well. And they're hard to find. I know, Fiona, you are one of those. Uh, and that's why I recommend you to everyone that I ever invest in or everyone I ever deal with, because I know you get it. I know you keep it honest. I know you keep it transparent. And I know you genuinely care about each of those clients. And, and for those business owners out there, finding people that actually do genuinely care 
same as your you know your solicitors your accounts and all these people that are just not there to pick up an invoice or, or take you for another pound is very very hard but those tips and tricks that i think we've discussed today and the rest of the podcast i think if people engage in that and listen to them and digest them you will start to work out who those people are and if you find a good one keep them for life and get them to do as much as they possibly can because you'll never regret it and that return for you will come back tenfold i promise you over that period of time well there's not much i can add to that james thank you very much indeed and thank you everyone for listening and i will speak to you again soon Mm -hmm.